Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, episode 53. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. As always, I am your host, Teresa Heath-Waring, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you with me. Now, I'm going to jump straight in and I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to think about it. So, how well do you know the people that are on your database? Might be a bit of a strange question to ask. You might think, what do I need to know about the people on my database? Or you might think, well, I've created this customer profile, my customer avatar, and I target those sorts of people. So I'm assuming the people on my database match up to those people. Now, the reason I'm asking this is because I did a prediction episode, which I'll link up to in the show notes at the beginning of the year. And one of the things I predicted was that we're going to become a lot more personal within our marketing. We're no longer just going to send out big mass marketing, big, huge campaigns to everyone on our list. We need to start getting much more specific, much more considerate of the people who are on our list and what they actually want from us. Now, I think one of the mistakes that most businesses make when they are looking at their data is they are making big assumptions about the people on their list. Because if you're anything like me, when you ask someone to come onto your list, you are asking the most minimum details from them. Because I I would tell you to, I would say to you, if you were doing a lead magnet or you were doing something where you were asking people to sign up, you don't want to be asking them 20 questions or otherwise they're not going to want to sign up because it's too much effort. So I would recommend, and I do myself, that when someone signs up, the only bits of information I get is their name and their email address. Now, 
you might think, well, of course I know about them because I know what they've signed up to. And surely if you weren't interested in a social media checklist or a webinar on content, then you wouldn't sign up to them. But of course, it might be that someone signed up for someone else or in that job they were interested, but in that job they're not. Or another thing that's quite interesting is sometimes I will sign up to webinars just to watch the webinar process. I know that sounds a little bit weird, Um, but I will just want to see what webinar process they use, what emails they're using, what technology they're using. So it might not be that I want the actual thing. It might just be I want to see what the process is. So the reason I'm bringing all this up for you today is because today I have on the podcast Rob and Kennedy from Response Suite, and we have a great conversation about surveying your audience and how we can get to know and understand them better and find out more about them. And it's something that after the interview, I've been doing some work on, and I'm going to do a future episode on the process in which I went through and how well it went. But I've been working on creating my own survey for my own audience because, like I said, I've made big assumptions about my audience. I've assumed they are a certain type of people because they wanted a certain thing. And as I've said all along, the more you understand about them, the more you can talk to them in a tone of voice, in a way that they want to be spoken to and give them content they want to receive. So for me, this is such a crucial episode with some amazing, crucial stuff that we need to all be thinking about. The technology is out there to start to understand our customers better. And like I said, since I recorded this episode, I've been working with the guys. They've been showing me how to put together my survey and how it connects with things like Infusionsoft. And quite honestly, I've been proper geeking out over it. I love it. So the technology's out there. These things are not uber expensive. You know, we're not talking thousands of pounds. You know, we're talking, you know, under a hundred pounds for some systems. So I definitely think this is a really, really good one for you to listen to. And I want you to be really open-minded and think about how can you make this work for your business? Because I really do genuinely feel the more you know about someone, the more you can target to them, the more specific you can be, the higher the conversion you're going to get if and when you actually go to sell them something. So I think you're going to love this episode. Also, I need to mention that these guys have got quite a funny background and story. They are very entertaining, so I'm sure you're going to love it. So now I've planted that seed. Let me hand you over to the very lovely Rob and Kennedy. So I am super excited today to welcome the very lovely Rob and Kennedy. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, wild applause, crowd (laughs) goes wild. (laughs) (laughs) It's always nice when there's a few of us because it's like, it seems like there's a real party going on when there's like two of you. I feel like I need to have the second person. I should bring Like one of those like radio breakfast shows, they all go woo in the background. (laughs) Yeah. Or I have an official wooer. I think I should. I'm going to uh, bring it in. The other day I recorded a podcast and I had an official dog barking in the background. That wasn't quite what I was looking for, but you know, we could make it work. We could try and make it work. Do that too, if you'd like. Colin, could you just (laughs) (laughs) make a dog noise? Um, (laughs) Guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you on. Uh, I was very lucky to come on your podcast a little while back and I said that I would want you guys on to speak to my audience because I know what you're going to talk about is going to be of real interest to them. And personally, a part of marketing that 
I really love to talk about. So this is going to be a great one. But you guys have got a very interesting backstory uh, and where you've come from and how you've got to do what you do. So I'd love if you'd share with my audience who you guys are and how you got to do what you do now. Show you the short version. Please. (laughs) (laughs) So we were abducted by aliens and struck by lightning, magic powers, and started a software company. Perfect. Um, That's the story we'd like to tell. So we're both entertainers by background. Uh, We both got, uh, we're both weird children. And uh, we decided that we'd learn to be entertainers. So we both came through an obscure route. So I'm actually a hypnotist. And I'm a mind reader. So uh, very bizarre. (laughs) You didn't know that. He's looking at me now like he knows what I'm saying. This is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) If I start barking like a dog by the end of this podcast, you know what I (laughs) (laughs) You're asking for dog barking noises and we're going to say we're going to arrange it. So we've been uh, we've been entertaining people at events and things for a really long time, and over the course of that, it sort of turned into this business trip where we wanted to create something where we could effectively build something that was bigger than us. Because obviously, when we're on stage, that's great, but when we come yeah. off stage, or if we can't perform for whatever reason, the, everything ends there. Like that's all there is to it. So we wanted to create something that was a bit bigger than us. So we both started online businesses, sort of separately. In, in our own way and didn't really talk very much about it. And then eventually we started to kind of share ideas. and Secret online doing. entrepreneurs we were. <laughs> yes. Closeted in peace. <laughs> and, then, and then, so uh, a few years went by and then eventually I ran into a problem with something I was trying to do in my business. So we were both selling info products online. Um, mm-hmm. I sell stuff to do with marketing and hypnosis and personal development. Uh, you have a business where you teach um, effectively entertainers how to improve their entertainment businesses. And I, uh, whilst we were doing this, I ran into a problem with something that I was trying to do. I wanted to run a survey to my audience and uh, I ran into a, a couple of issues with it. And we ended up talking back and forth about the problem. We both experienced the problem for different reasons. And uh, eventually that led us to where we are now, which is this lovely journey of starting a software company. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I like the fact that this wasn't just like one day we're like, right, how are we going to get rich then? Well, idea number one, uh, let's, let's start a dog impersonation podcast. <laughs> on, do a chihuahua, do a beagle. Go, go, go. It, it, it was more that we really wanted to, it was like, it was literally solving a problem that we genuinely yeah. had. And then I didn't know that Rob had this problem. And similarly, he, he, he didn't know that I was sort of looking for a solution that could do this as well, which was basically that we, all we wanted to do was take a, put a survey into our businesses, which allowed us to then use the results of that survey in a meaningful way automatically rather than having to log into my survey account, yeah. download the results, figure out what Excel does, because I don't remember because it's a long time since I was at school and my <laughs> IT teacher was pointing at graphs and going, you're doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> And then, and then actually just be able to do things automatically with those results, like segment people based on their answers or whatever it might yeah. be. So and we couldn't believe it that at the time we just couldn't find a way of doing it and really needed to do it. There was a simpler problem as well, which was I wanted to send an email to my email audience and tell them about this survey, get them to go and fill it out. And so I did. And as soon as I did it, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to email them again tomorrow to catch the people who weren't online at this time like of day. the 80% or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to have to email them again tomorrow. And I thought, hang on a minute. I can't exclude the people who filled out the survey. Like when you sell somebody yeah. a product or a service, you would exclude them from any yeah, future mail. Yeah, of course you would. About that so you don't bother them. Yeah, and I, I thought, I, oh, I can't, I can't do it. Because you would only just end up punishing the people who took action mm. and your, your most active people, you end up beating over the head with the thing and they've already done. end up doing the two things I hate the most, which is either you send the email, which has that really ambiguous, in case you didn't take the yeah. survey yesterday, <laughs> 
which just like even though yeah. I don't think people notice consciously, subconsciously, it's really irritating for people yeah. to just not care that much. Or again, you have to do that blanket marketing thing of just well, I'll just email everybody and hope for the best. And, yeah, you know, unsubscribe some of the people who've probably taken the survey. Yeah, I mean, getting people to complete surveys is challenging enough for some people, and people talk about the response rates to those. So they do need follow up. So the idea that you couldn't follow up on a survey is just mm. absolutely bonkers. So that was the fundamental thing that sort of started it all off, I suppose. So that's where we are now, and that's why we have you know we're a UK based um, software business right here in the northeast of England. Our staff are all right here in this room and yeah. we work together really collaboratively to build this, this solution. That's where it's all, it's all come out of that frustration. Isn't it just really nice when you know your business is an outgro- a growth out of yourself? And often yeah, yeah. for entrepreneurs, that is the case. Like if you've read like The E-Myth by Gerber, we yeah. know that we start off as the technician and we go, yeah. I'm going to do this thing because it serves my purpose or whatever it might be, or it helps me fix my problem. So it's the same for us. For years, there was a lot of people said to me, oh, Rob, you really need to start selling software. You need to make and sell software apps because that's where there's loads of money in that. You need to start doing that. I, said, mm-hmm. well, I haven't got any good ideas. Like I'll yeah. create a software app if I have a good idea for one. Uh, and, then, and then this idea came along and, and I realized this has to be a thing. So let me ask you, did you two know each other before? When did you two get together and, and then decide to do this together? So we met about 14 years ago. At a convention for entertainers. Yeah, at a magic convention. Oh, I could only um, imagine what fun that might be. <laughs> like, uh, no, you, you, you really can't. You can't imagine how lovely it is to spend a weekend with 3,000 people with, with, with ties, with bunny rabbits and playing cards on. <laughs> It's a dream that you'll never experience. <laughs> and a nightmare you never want to. Yeah, so we, were, we, were, we met and we stood in a bar, both realised we were that we lived on, on either side of the same city of Newcastle. You lived just north of Newcastle, I lived south of it. And, uh, and yes, yeah, so we, became, we became pals. Hmm. So that was really lucky that obviously you both worked together, you both, well, you, you knew each other, you similar-ish industries, and then both with a similar progression path that led you to this point where you went, now we've got this problem. And actually, I think the software companies that I have uh, engaged with the most in terms of their marketing are the people who went, I needed this, no one did it, I did it. You know, I am in awe of you guys because the, to set up a software company and your background isn't software. I mean, you might be tech geniuses for all I know, but, you know, your background wasn't software. To set it up, you were brave, man. Like, that is, that is a I good move. I don't know me, Sammy, call them from me forward slash. No, <laughs> neither, of, neither of us have. And, and that's what's really interesting. I mean, you know, I think one of the things when you're trying to build a team around you, whether they're just outsourced workers or... Yeah. They are in-house staff who you're going to employ. You always have to employ people who are better than you. And yes, you have to get your ego out of the way. Because what's the point? It's not that difficult for us. <laughs> <laughs> but what, otherwise, what's the point? So we had to, our first hire was Colin, who's our, our founding developer. And the big thing for us was we didn't know what we were looking for. We didn't even know which languages you could program software yeah. in. Like, Am I knowing a language? We didn't even know us. There's a thing called C sharp. C sharp is that is that right? No, and PHP and stuff like that. PHP and C, no C sharp's the thing. We're getting what, C what sharp's the thing. What was that other one that we were 
we were uh, gonna, .net. .net. That yeah, was so it. Can you say, things, and, and we're like, oh, and we're not, putting a, we're not putting an act here to sound clueless. Like, this no, is how, what was that other one called? And we literally had a guy who was trying to sell, you know, tell us, oh, no, actually, um, we should build it in .net because of because. And then we've got somebody else comes in and says, no, we need to build it in PHP because of this and this and this. So and we, we decided, <laughs> basically, what we need to do is we need to put a recruitment company in the middle of all this and say, yeah. well, this is the problem. This is what we want to fix. They're a specialist in tech businesses. They found the person. Yes, we paid a lot more, uh, a few thousand pounds more for, for that to happen. But, but we ended up with a person who was, all, who was an all-round person who actually, and most, most importantly, fits our values and actually can put yeah. up with the fact that we go, what? A lot. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. And actually, again, this is something that I've been looking a lot and talking about of building those people around you. And I have exactly the same strategy. If I'm bringing in someone to do Facebook ads, although I can do Facebook ads, I want someone better than me. You know, if I'm bringing in a copywriter, I can muddle my way through a bit of copy. I'm not a copywriter. I want someone better than me. So to bring those people in, and especially if you don't have the background, but also for you guys, you could have had the wool pulled over your eyes so easily. So bringing in, and lots of people don't want to use recruitment agencies because they are expensive. But I think in your, in your case, it was a really smart move to do that. Isn't it more expensive to make the mistake and hire the person, yeah. pay them, you know, whatever, and then you realize they're actually trying to carve a software, bit of software out of a moldy piece of fish. I mean, yeah. and, you, and you wouldn't know the difference between that and an actual piece of software that's going to stand up and do it something. Was one of, it was one of the many reasons why we didn't want to sort of outsource the software overseas, because mm. whilst lots of people do that and it works yeah. for them, we wouldn't know what was going on. We wouldn't know whether code had been nicked from somewhere else because we've got no eyes on anything, you know. So yeah. it just gives us a lot more control over it here and just creates a And because we're problem. dealing with data, it needs to be really secure. So we yeah. obviously take that extremely seriously. So we want to make sure that it's all hosted in a really secure way, which is why we use things like Amazon and like really big, trusted, yeah. not yeah. the cheap versions of stuff. We don't just like bang it on a reseller server we've sort of got from some place. You know, we're, we're using the big boys to do all yeah. of that. And that's all really important uh, for us. And, and that sort of comes, speaks of the way we sort of run the business as well, which is we, we're really proud of the fact that we have um, a policy called radical transparency, which mm-hmm. is about everybody in the business knows everything that's going on. Like there, is no, there are no secret behind closed door meetings. Everybody knows where we're at no matter what you do. And, um, and, and so that's, that's really important to us. Also, there's no hierarchy. So our staff keep us in check as much as we might keep them in check. And there's like yeah. that real respect of collaboration rather than, well, I'm the boss, so you're going to yeah, do yeah. this. Literally, I, I, would, I hate pulling rank if I ever have to do it. Yeah, and I think, like you said, that is such a, a good way to have the business, a good way to manage those people in the business in, in having them invest in it because of the fact that, like you said, you're not the experts in that. So even if you wanted to pull rank, in some cases, you need them to help you with that thing, don't they? So, so I love that. The other thing I just wanted to pick, on, pick up on in your story was the fact that presumably the cost in setting up is so much more expensive to do that than, you know, so for instance, when I started my business, there was no setup cost. It was just me, needed a laptop, that's it, done. However, for you guys, the risk of, because you've got to set up the software platform, which you obviously can't do, you know, without having that funny, that money in there first, can you? No, right. So one of the things we were conscious of is obviously Rob and I have not closed down our other businesses. So we, okay. we are not naive to think that we could just put a pot of money there and go, right, that's how much we've got. Like, that's just not the way we're doing it. We, um, we, we, we obviously, what we decided to do is because we're like, all oh, right, this is the, because f- Rob and I, neither of us have ever had a job. We don't know what employment looks like. 
Okay. So we, we don't know what a normal day in the office should look like. We don't know what's the right thing to do and the right thing to say and what pieces of paper people are supposed to fill in to take a holiday or I don't know, go to the loo. Or <laughs> Not sure. Like, do you need a hall pass? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> We just don't know that stuff. And it's really interesting that we use that to our advantage. And actually, we don't have to deal with any of that mm. corporate bullshit that other people have to deal mm -hmm. with So in, the, in their normal jobs. And so we've taken a lot of advice on that. I've got, kind of got off on a tangent. I had a really interesting point to make about something. Um, <laughs> yes. We were talking about the cost in setting up before. So you run your own businesses yes. alongside it, which obviously right. means that you've got some income coming in. But there's got to be that point where you think, because it takes time. So there's got to be a kind of a tipping point where you go, how long do we leave this until we go, that didn't work? Or that yes, I mean, I'm not sure this is standard. And obviously, like, we're not financial advisors or anything like that, or even business advisors, barely. But um, <laughs> one of the things we decided to do is we take our responsibility to our staff really seriously. And we fact yeah. that we're the entrepreneurs. They're not the entrepreneurs. They're the people who need the wage. Otherwise, they would be entrepreneurs themselves. Yeah. So we said before we can take on any member of staff, we need to have 12 months of salary in the bank for them. Yeah. So point. we did the saving up for a bit beforehand. So we could go, okay, we've now got enough to pay a salary of this amount. Let's hire that person. Okay, good. We now need this role. What's the amount we need for that? Cool. 12 months of salary is this amount. Put it in the bank. But then, and this is the key bit for us, is we then backfill that amount every month as well. Awesome. Right, so we don't end up with this runway, which has an actual end, because software businesses have a a, a very famous uh, ability to eat cash very, very quickly, yeah, um, and and run out of capital. And we did we want to make sure that if we're going to do this, we're not going to put ourselves at risk, and we're certainly not going to put our staff's well being and, and livelihoods at risk as well. So that's a decision we made, like right at the very beginning, about when we sat down and had that meeting about. How are we actually going to do this? Yeah, and we also just made the decision we wanted to be bootstrapped, so we wanted to be entirely self-funded. We didn't want yeah. to take on any investment or have any outside input at all, and we, we, we're true to that. So that's, that's just, a, just a sort of core value yeah, thing. Yeah, I know, that's it? awesome. I love it, I love it. Take, and take the stuff we built as solopreneurs with our own entertainment businesses yeah. and our own online businesses and use that to, to leverage it to do something bigger. Yeah. So that, that's no, been that really important. That's awesome. So tell me, guys, about this amazing software then. So because I know uh, this is an area that I am, like I said, super keen on. I feel that the digital world has, lots of people think it's made us further apart from our customers because we're no longer going into shops. You don't know what Jeff has on a Tuesday when he pops into his local shop. However, the digital world has allowed us to know so much about our customers if yeah. you are willing to put in things to find out about them. And then not only that, but that automation so that when you're emailing them or if they do something, you can trigger something. It just allows you to be super personal because I am exactly the same as you guys. I've had a few examples recently from big people in our industry where one, I'm part of someone's membership and they sent me emails trying to sell the membership to me, which I thought like, oh, basic, basic thing. And secondly, the other bugbear that I get all the time is I sign up to an event and then they keep remarketing back to me on Facebook, the same event. And you're like, hello, you know, so for me, we have this whole philosophy that you should never, ever, ever log into your marketing platform, whether that's a, an online email autoresponder, whether it's a, an SMS marketing platform, whatever mm -hmm. it is, and you should never, ever just type something up, hit send and send to everybody in the audience. Yeah. 
the more data you can collect about people, the better. For example, if you do your shopping online, let's imagine you buy your groceries and whatever from, in this case, you know, Tesco, if you're in the UK mm-hmm. or somebody, other supermarkets are available. So yeah. you log on and you use their website. You log on, you say, I want some broccoli. I need one of these. 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 You add it all to your cart. It comes to 50 quid. You pay for your shopping. It all gets delivered to you, as lots and lots of people do and more and more people do. Well, what we know is Tesco or the supermarket are now collecting all of this data, not, yeah. about, not just about the stuff you've bought, but about the type of stuff that you're buying. In other words, and I can't speak for each individual supermarket, but the technology is being used to say, okay, great. Well, this person has, has not bought any meat products. Let's rank their likelihood of being a vegetarian and put them over yeah. there. They're doing all this stuff that we just don't think about as consumers. So the more that we can start to leverage our technology to gather as much data about our customers as possible and start to realize that we need to speak to them in different ways. Yeah. It's not just about what product did they buy. Okay, great. Don't sell them that product anymore. Of course, that's important and more should be doing it. But it's actually about how do we speak to our customers in a way that they're going to understand it based on the stuff that we know about them. So mm-hmm. uh, again, it's collecting as, m- as many sort of little data points about them as we possibly can, and then using that data to only present them with the stuff that's most relevant to them. And it gives them a better experience. One of the things I think we all tend to do as marketers is make massive assumptions yeah. about our contacts, our subscribers, and our customers. So for example, let's say uh, one of our listeners might be in the uh, fitness niche, for example. Mm-hmm. I think we all pretty much understand that the basics of. And you might have an, an opt-in. You might have a squeeze page or a bribe, which is that uh, here's some exercises you can use to tone up your belly. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. To get abs for the whatever. Right. Cool. Somebody opts in for that, li- for that list. They, they want to get that product. Now we're going to make some massive assumptions about them automatically. We're going to imagine, okay, the person probably wants to lose weight and they want to get fit. Mm-hmm. And they're probably, we're making all these massive assumptions. In actual fact, the only thing we actually know about that person is that at that moment in time, they were interested in toning up their belly. Yeah. We don't know that they want to get abs. We don't know that it was for them. Yeah, could be for someone we're else. We're making massive assumptions because it might be that I was talking to a friend of mine and he was talking about he's got this, uh, I don't know, this thing he's going to go and do where he wants to look really good for it. And he's like, oh, I could really do with something to do that. Have you heard of any, ex- any exercises I could do? Or he's been going to the gym a lot. And then I see an ad for something or I'm clicking around the internet mm-hmm. and I see it and I go, oh, I'm going to download that thing and email it yeah. over to, to Rob. Rob, have you seen this thing? Boom. And now I'm getting all the ads. Yeah. I'm getting all the emails saying, hey, Kennedy, do you, uh, do you also want to do this? And do you want to do that? And I'm like, no, while you're doing your press-ups, I want to be eating cake. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Because, it, because I'm the wrong person, because you've made yeah. that massive assumption. Yeah. I think, I mean, let's imagine there was somebody who teaches, you know, social media and entrepreneurship, like, you know, um, you know Teresa, for example. Let's Maybe. Just make who? somebody up. Who? Make somebody yeah. up. Just <laughs> Uh, you probably, you probably, you probably have in your audience a bunch of people. You've probably got online businesses. You've probably got offline business. You've yeah. probably got people who are starting up. You've probably got people who are in the middle somewhere. You've probably got people who've scaled and want to, and but haven't used social properly. Like you've got a bunch of different sort of avatars. And more and more businesses are realizing that actually it's not about having the one person they sell to. It's about having a bunch of different totally. avatars that they have to be able to speak to. And the language and the style of marketing that you use to those different people is going to be different depending on what they want. Just the way it's different and the way you speak to people via email versus Twitter versus yeah. LinkedIn versus Facebook they're yeah. like, versus Instagram. They're all quite different terms. So uh, here endeth the lesson. Uh, let's talk about the software because that was the question. So what oh, yeah. happened, this came about because of one simple thing. A big name in the online marketing world um, did uh, a training a few years ago, probably like six years ago or something, that I bought. And basically what it said was, 
uh, as a cool campaign, literally just plug and play this campaign in your business at any point and it will make you some more money. Basically was run a, a quick survey where you ask two or three questions. Uh, like, you know, what do you want help with and how much do you like to spend or how much can you spend and what sort of training do you like best? Yeah. So some relevant questions to your audience. And then as soon as people fill out the survey, you uh, make them an offer for like a few hundred dollars where they could get maybe like your thousand dollar course discounted for a few you know, half price yeah. or something. Yeah. And basically what happens is when you send that email out, you've got a bunch of people who never open the email because that's how it works. Yeah. And you've got a bunch of people who never click the link and you've got a bunch of people who never take the survey. Yeah. All of those people, which is going to be the majority of your list, they never even know there was anything for sale. You haven't sort of like, you haven't given them the sting of a pitch, if you like. No. Because the, the more you sell at people, the less the sort of goodwill, the more goodwill starts, sort of starts to dwindle. Yeah. So basically, you, you haven't lost any goodwill with them because you haven't sold them anything. The only people you've made the pitch to are the people who've gone through the survey. And what's nice about that is the survey sort of removes some of the pitch from the pitch. It sort of makes it less salesy because you've shown interest in them first. Mm-hmm. So that's what it said. Create a survey, send it out to your list and sell them something straight afterwards. You get some interesting intel about your people and yeah. everyone's a winner. So I, I mean, said, that's a really solid campaign that you can just go and use. Yeah. Totally. So, I decided to, so I decided to do it. Signed up with a survey platform that was uh, big, uh, created a survey and uh, tried to find the bit where I sent them after the... So I made a page that sold them something, tried to yeah. find the bit in the survey where I could tell them where to go after the survey. Afterwards, yeah. I couldn't find that. Realized I had to upgrade to a really expensive package to be able to do it. That at the time mm-hmm. was about seven hundred pounds a year, and I thought, oh, like I don't know if I'm going to do this or not. I don't yeah. think it's going to work. Like this is just an idea, but I had to pay it and just get on with it. So I did it, and it, it worked really well actually as a, as a structure. But it was this that led us to think actually now there's a problem because, like I said earlier, I can't now email my list several times about this survey because I don't know who's taken it. Yeah, that, that's a problem. And then as we were talking about it, we started to realize, wouldn't it be great if you could? segment people on different lists based on what they said. Wouldn't it be great if you could take them to different pages based on what they said? And yeah. at the time, yeah. it's just the wrong time in our lives to try and start a software business. You know, we didn't, this is like six years ago. I was busy partying hard, man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, software and party we, uh, does not mix. We didn't know anything I was busy about into different clubs, never mind different lists. <laughs> <laughs> magic club, a stamp collecting club. Yeah. Um, All the cool club. ones. The trumpet club, I like the best. <laughs> trumpet <laughs> yeah, so so we realized that it was the wrong time of our, of our lives to try and start a software business. I, you know, I never thought I'd be able to do it. And then uh, and a few years went by and it, it became more and more of an irritation that I couldn't do this thing and nothing existed to do it. And that, that's where it led us to. So Response Suite was born. It's, uh, it's an online survey platform. You can create amazing, beautiful looking surveys, all drag and drop and makes it nice and easy with everything you'd expect a survey to have. Yeah. But then you take the survey once you've created it and you can then plumb that in to your email marketing system, whatever it is you're using, whether it's MailChimp or Infusionsoft or HubSpot or whatever, awesome. you can plumb that into there and then you can start to push people into different lists based on what they've said. Now, again, that, always, that was all born from the fact that all I wanted to do was put was, people on a list. I just, yeah. want, I just want to have just somebody fill out a survey and tag them or put mm. them on a list so I, I can exclude them from future mailings. But then we realized the power of actually, that, that, that was what it was born from. Yeah. Then we realized the power of the segmentation. Bit. I know you multiply by that, by the fact you can then put people to different Facebook or Google retargeting audiences based on their responses. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a social impact on that as well. So yeah. like if somebody tells you that what they really want right now is help with their Facebook ads campaigns, you can follow up with them in your email marketing sequences about giving value and then pitching a Facebook ads program. And then also you can show them Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. which allow them to purchase or invest in those kind of things. The big, the big lesson for us when we talk to a lot of customers, because we're obviously a big fan of listing the customers, that's what surveys yeah. do, and that's part of our ethos, 
is we did a lot of um, customer surveys and of course customer interviews as well. And that and all we learned is that a lot of people only run surveys once a certain period. They'll go, oh, yeah. it's that time of the year again, or you know, this time, that time of the quarter. Let's run the survey yeah. out. Actually. If you do that, you're probably missing the boat on the real purpose of the survey. Because if I ask you right now, what are you interested in right now? What's the biggest problem or challenge in your business? And you said to me, I don't know, finding enough hours in the day, my mm-hmm. productivity levels, I really need to get that. And I say, great, thank you for that. And then I call you back in a year's time and go, <laughs> you're having trouble with productivity, aren't you? And you're like, uh, well, no, I fixed that because it was a bloody year ago. Yeah. So, so what if you, instead, every time somebody takes what I would call a significant action, action. in your business, that is opting into something, uh, clicking a link and, 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 and consuming a piece of content, maybe, take, making a purchase, segmenting themselves in some sort of way, taking it, like I say, a, a, a significant action. Mm-hmm. If you follow up just a few days later by asking them, hey, what did you think of that thing? So it looks like you're getting feedback, which yeah. is what people expect the survey to do. But then tag on to that. Also, what is your, what is your biggest challenge you're facing right now? Mm. And then imagine that they click, oh, I really need help now with, I don't know, uh, traffic from social, right? Yeah. Okay. I want, so now on the thank you page, they hit, okay, I want help with traffic from social. And by the way, I thought this product was five stars. You say, that's great. Thanks very much. They hit submit. And on the next page, there's a video of you. On the thank you page saying, hello, thank you for completing the survey. I'm so pleased that you really enjoyed uh, the product that you just bought from me. Uh, I've got a special offer at the moment. It's about our social traffic program. Mm-hmm. If that's going to be useful to you right now, rather than it being 997, it's available now for just 297. If that'll be useful, well, will it be useful? Yeah, they've just told yeah. you it's exactly what they need right now. So the cool thing is you get to sell more stuff. You shorten the time that it takes you to sell the stuff because mm-hmm. so many people take so long to actually ask people for the sale that mm-hmm. by the time they do, they've subscribed to 30 other people's lists and they've sort of forgotten who you are. And finally, you're doing it in a way that is much more cool to your list. You're actually building rapport with your list because you're only offering them the stuff that, yeah, they, that want, they want. Which means your engagement for every email is going up your content engagement is going up because it's not just to do with the stuff you sell them. Imagine if you only sent them links to the content that was relevant to that person right now. So your email open rate goes up, your click-through rate goes up, your unsubscribe rate drops through the floor, and your value of every subscriber goes up. Now, let's take it in terms of, Rob, you want to talk about reviews and feedback because there's a really awesome thing you can do with it too. Yeah, so... Um, obviously, we've taken surveys and made them into a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. And what we realized is that most most businesses only use surveys for customer feedback. And we think if they do yeah. that, they're missing the boat, as Kennedy just said. But if you take a survey and you send it out to your audience to say, great, so you came into our coffee shop and what did you think? Or you bought this product and what did you think? Or we came and fixed your toilet last week, what did you think? Yeah. Whatever it is, you send them a survey and you ask them what they think. Well, with a sort of standard survey platform, and the way that most people do it is they run this survey because they've sort of been told they should. It sort of sits fairly low priority in their thing. It just goes out automatically. Yeah. And then what happens is once a month, once a year, once a fortnight, once every five years, whatever, somebody logs in and you can look at a graph or you can download a CSV file and you look at the data. And then, well, what do you actually do with that? Well, what you know is, well, 30% of people thought it was crap and 60% of people would recommend it to a friend, and 10% of you thought this. You know those kind of in, that kind mm. of information. It's and an ego-stroke information, of, isn't it? Yeah, Assuming yeah. Assuming it's 
Yeah, it's it's sort of benchmarking, I guess, to know whether you're improving or not. You know, that that's all you've really got. So what we realized is that actually with the power to plumb a, a survey into your email marketing system, and it doesn't have to be email marketing, it's whatever your CRM yeah. can handle. If you do SMS or direct mail or whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but basically, if you can plumb that into your CRM or email system, then what happens is somebody fills out the survey and they say, well, this was good and that was, that was great. The service was terrible though, and this mm-hmm. was good. They can hit submit three minutes later without any human, well, one minute later, yeah. without any human intervention, they get a text message, they get an email, or it sends something to somebody and says, oh, you need to ring Derek yeah. because he thought that, that because was Because he thought it was rubbish, yeah. And, and instantly they get an email saying, we're really sorry, here's a voucher or whatever your customer experience is for somebody who, who thought your service was rubbish. As opposed to it just, because otherwise what happens is somebody has a bad experience or they think most of it was good, but that one element of it was rubbish. Yeah. They fill out the survey, they hit send, they never hear anything back. Like that's just, it's a message in a bottle that they've just thrown yeah. in the middle of the Atlantic. And now they're just hoping for the best. Whereas a few minutes later, they get a great response that tells them, and it actually can save you a sale. It can save you the reputation. Yeah. Imagine your reputation when somebody says, oh, well, I thought it was rubbish, but I complained, and they did this thing. They offered me a discount. Yeah. They offered me one of these. Likewise, the if somebody- that's a very small place. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody has a bad experience with you. They're going to tell the world. You know, everybody knows you're a scammer on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Now, the flip side of that is if somebody thinks that everything was great and they rate everything five stars or four stars and they think it was really good, when they hit submit, you can take them to another page that says, great, could you go over here and post that as a, yeah. as a review on our Google page? Could you go and share this on our Facebook page? Because getting good reviews is difficult. So I think the really great thing here is, A, you find out how you're doing. Are you good? Are you bad? Are yeah. you underperforming? Is there something you've missed as the entrepreneur in your business? Is there something you've missed about the mechanics of it? but also you're able to give people a much stronger customer service. And the big key on this is that it's not in a broadcast message. Your no. surveys, if you're, if you're doing them just broadcast messages, like you go, right, today's the day I need to send out the survey. I think you're doing it probably a little bit old school and you can tighten up and get a much better result from your surveys and from your customers and subscribers if you build them right into your campaigns mm-hmm. so that post-purchase or post-opt-in or any significant actions taken, these things are already built into your, to your, to your campaigns so you can immediately be looking like you really care about every subscriber. Just to pick up on that customer's feedback thing again as well, this is really important and I've just realized I didn't say it. <laughs> if, you think about it if you're running a survey right now and let's imagine a tiny, let's assume that everyone listening is great at what they do and I'm sure they are, but there's always going to be something where something, something goes wrong or always. some customer's not happy. There's always, because that's life. Yeah. If somebody fills out, if you've got a small percentage of your subscribers or customers who, buying, who are buying a service or a product and they don't like it, and they fill out this sort of anonymous feedback survey where they don't hear anything, it doesn't do anything, that's the, that's the cul-de-sac of the data. Then yeah. the next thing is, you're, all you know is that's another customer on your email list and you are going to start emailing them and selling them your next product and service. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing worse than sending a product to somebody who's just complained about the one that you've just sold them. Like You need to make sure that they're excluded until you've dealt with it. Uh, do you know what, guys? important i love everything you just said and from a from a marketing perspective from a customer service perspective from a moving your business forward and really getting to understand your customers it's it's amazing it's perfect and why didn't someone come up with this which is very good for you guys but you know this is not kind of the most craziest out there software that you're talking about it just is a quite a you know with all due respect, you know, because this isn't just simple, but you know what I mean? It's a kind of simple, simple, I- simple idea that you needed to happen. So I love that. Happen. You needed to make it so it's easy to implement. Like you don't need to know how to do anything. If you can, if you can use like Microsoft Word or something like that, 
you should be able to use this. Like, it's not yeah. difficult to set any of this up. So, and of course, as a bonus, you can also run surveys. Yeah. And so I've got some questions for you because this is sparking some ideas in my mind because I'm sat here thinking, A, I don't do enough surveys. Oh, slap myself on the hand. Um, I'm going to help you out with that. Don't you worry. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and actually, I use Infusionsoft. I have Infusionsoft. And one of the things that I love about it is the ability to understand who my customers are and what they're doing. But actually, I've just done, and I'm going to put my hand up and admit it, I've just done exactly what you just said. I'm running a lead magnet campaign at the moment, which is going really well. I'm getting probably 40 to 60 people on my list a day um, for not a huge amount of money, which is awesome. However, all I know about those people is that they downloaded that one thing. And right. one thing that's really interesting and the mar- a marketer's nightmare is when, and funnily enough, I did a call yesterday and I heard someone say it on the call, when their target market is everyone. And it's like, oh, awesome. That is really not helpful. Although it might seem like it is because you think, well, anybody could buy this product. Well, yeah, but you know, they're all very different with different motivations and different drivers. So again, it's really getting under the skin. Now, my question is though, because now I'm thinking part of my Infusionsoft process, which I have already set up for when someone opts in on the lead magnet, is I need to generate some kind of survey in order to understand them a little better. How do I get them to fill in the survey? Because and is there an optimum number of questions that I should aim for, for people to fill it in? Because that is one of the big things, isn't it? It's like, you know, you can send it and get crickets. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, there's two different motivators you can use to get anybody to do anything. Mm-hmm. One of them is what I call a business reason. And that is like a commercial, like a reward-based reason. So yeah. fill the survey in. And when you do, you'll, set, you'll apply a tag to them. When, when, they finish the, when they finish the survey, if you're using something like Response Suite for that, and it means you can give them a free gift. And that yeah. might be a voucher. It could be a, some kind of special group, that they, some, something significant of value. The other one is, so that's, that's the business or commercial motivator. It's a pretty good motivator, and it's the default one that most people will fall into. However, <laughs> it's not as, nowhere near as compelling as an emotional motivator. Okay. An emotional motivator is the kind of reason, like, how do you get people onto podcasts? There's two different ways of getting people onto podcasts. One is you can offer to pay them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are you going to get the best guest? Probably not, because their yeah. reason for doing it, they're just showing up for the cash. Yeah. And these people just complete the survey because they're getting the reward. They're not completing the survey because they're actually, they're actually emotionally involved in that process. Yeah. Instead, it's because... I want to understand you. I want your feedback on the product. I want, I want, I'm creating some new training, so I want to do this. You can use them to, for example, if you're doing any kind of coaching program, mm-hmm. imagine you've got a high-ticket coaching application program. So you make it like an elite thing, like only the elite, and you wouldn't say it so much, but you do, yeah. you do appeal to that sort of, everyone wants to feel like they're the best of the bunch. No time wasters. This is only for people who are serious was, about what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I've read that a million times. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, this is not a push button thing. You know, all that yeah. takeaway selling stuff. You do all of that lovely stuff. That's fabulous. And you put together a nice survey and you and it's basically an application form. But you use the the answers to that thing in order to decide whether the person is actually suitable to mm-hmm. have the sales call that's gonna be happening. Yeah. So but you do that all by appealing to ego or any other psychological motivators in the person. Yeah. So that's ego, yeah. so how they fit in among a crowd. Do they get a certificate? Do they get an extra little badge? Whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Or to understand themselves. And what's really interesting, and I haven't planned on talking about this, and this is a really interesting 
I wish I was going to say that we designed Responsibly specifically for this, but actually we came up with a feature by accident. And mm-hmm. it's an amazing when we're all being creative in business, how we come up with some of our best yeah. stuff by accident. Like how many times have we been on one of those coaching calls? Somebody said, have you got a process for this? And you go, yeah, uh... I'm a process. <laughs> Point one. It's called, it's called <laughs> LMT. The L stands for lovely. <laughs> and the L is for Maltesers <laughs> and T is for pterodactyls. <laughs> That's a B, you moron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why it was N funny. For no. <laughs> Come on, Tim. Really a P. It's a P, isn't it, Colin? Is pterodactyl a P? I think it's PT. Well, ter- I have no one. idea. Right. But anyway, we've all learned like something it. today. I think there's a silent W on the start of Pterodactyl. Grace is part of film up. So yes, it's oh, it's a B. Yeah, we've had this spell check. <laughs> it's Pterodactyl. <laughs> Creativity. Enough. So, yeah, so, but we came up with this accidental feature, which is, and, and one of our customers is actually using it. And we've asked him if we can talk about it because it's really interesting. And what he's doing is he's doing a, a test, which is about how addicted to your mobile phone are you? Very. He, he has yeah. a, a product which is about phone addiction, right? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a psychologist. So he's put together this thing, which is you have to tick as many things of these statements as, as you think are applicable to you. And he's using this as a lead magnet. So he says, tick all the things that apply yeah. to you, bum, 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 give us your email address and we'll give you the results and see how you compare to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, that's really compelling because we want to know if we're the freak. Or yeah. we want to know if we really fit in and everyone's just like us, right? So you hit, you put your email address in, hello, list building, and it's done in a really compelling way. Thank you very much. You hit submit, and now he's got a bunch of different thank you pages where he's built. We have a, we have a complete report builder within Response Suite, so you don't need to download your data and then try and figure out how Excel works. You can yeah. literally drag and drop different, different charts to actually show the different results, right, without even doing anything. But then... We thought it'd be interesting, and we didn't really know why it would be interesting, to be able to publish those reports onto live pages, which it means now that when you hit submit on one of oh, Tim's yeah. uh, on, on Tim's thing about the phone addiction, there's a video at the top of the page because he's sending you a different different Thank report you, pages depending yeah. on depending on what you said, saying, "Hey, turns out you're totally addicted," and look at the look at the results below, and you can see the live results of how you fit into everybody else. So that's a really compelling reason for yeah. anybody to fill out a survey. So it's absolutely on massive. a tactical level, it's all about making it suit them. So the way that yeah. we originally designed this was literally keep it short and sharp and to the point. You ask a couple of questions, and you you base it as I'm working on this thing some training or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, it's going to help you, but I yeah. need to know what you're looking for right now. What's your biggest obstacle Perfect. right now? And fill it out. So for example, if you, if you teach email marketing and you're about to create a new course about email marketing, there's a bunch of stuff that people might need to know. They might need to know specifically everything, how to write the emails. They might need mm-hmm. to know how to get their open rates higher, their click-through rates higher. All those things are different, uh, different levels of importance. When you ask somebody that information, and they, it's all about them. They know that there's nothing more relevant or important to them than themselves. Yeah. And so all about, I'm doing a thing, whether it's free or paid, you don't have to say. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, creating, something for, I'm creating something new. I want to know what you want. And then three, three or four questions is typically enough. You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah. which of the following is most of interest to you or is your biggest? It's either which of the following do you need help with right now or which of the following is your biggest obstacle right now? Those are really the same question, but worded from a different angle. Yeah. Then, you know, how do you want this delivered? 
So do you want this delivered in this way? Do you want it like this? Do you want it like this? Do you want it so like, like this? It's like to work. Is it the written word? Is it a yeah. coaching podcast? Um, is it a one face to face? Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then you have and, and delivered then, by a pterodactyl. Yeah. And then the next. <laughs> you can ask them. You know, how much can you afford to invest right now? Basically, what you need to do is come up with what you would consider to be the key questions in your business. Yeah. So we call them key questions. So it's things like, uh, you know, where are you in your uh, in your journey as a tennis player right now? Have you just yeah. picked up a tennis racket for the first time because you think it looks fun? Or, you know, are you about to win the Grand Slam? Is that a thing? The Grand Slam? I think so. Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Yeah. You know that Wimbledon. little event that yes, happens that. every year. So that, that, that's the thing, right? So, so that, again, you're going to sell to those people in very different ways. So and it's all about asking them what they would need help with. And I just want to pick up on the fact that you said previously, and this is the most perfect example, that someone could be downloading a lead magnet that says how to improve your swing. Well, like you said, you have no idea at that point whether they have literally just picked up a racket or they are some professional wanting to get a bit better. And the problem is if you send out a generic email that says, thanks so much, how did you get on? And you are not speaking to them on their level, then it's not going to resonate. Now you are going to resonate with some people because that is going to hit some people where they're at. It's a numbers game at that point, isn't it? Totally. Whereas actually, instead of then doing that step further where you, you survey them afterwards and go, do you know what? That's great. I'm so glad you enjoyed that. or I'm so glad you downloaded it. I really want to help you some more. Tell me where you are in your tennis journey. And then you sent the next email saying, great, I'm so glad to hear you blur, you know, you've, you've decided to take up the sport and then target them with something else. It's just genius. But also, let's talk about something absolutely terrifying when it comes to email marketing. There's this myth that we've heard a couple of times, which is email marketing is dying and it's difficult yeah. and, 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 and social. Crazy. It's it is crazy. if you do it wrong. It is if you do it wrong. Yes. And here's why, right? If, so for, for those who don't know, this is really terrifying. And that is this. If you've got a list of a thousand people, Mm-hmm. And, of, and you're hitting the same message to all 1,000 of those people. And like you say, some of them are experts in what you're doing. Yep. So they've been playing tennis for years. Some of them are absolute beginners. And everybody else is sort of in the middle. If you're sending out messages for beginner tennis lessons in your local area, if you're mm-hmm. a local marketer, that means, let's say, at least 80% of your list will now know not to open your emails. Yeah. Because going to be teaching and most people don't subscribe anymore don't unsubscribe anymore they no, just delete yeah right they just delete so what does that actually mean what's the impact that it has the impact it has is it tells let's say you use gmail other mm-hmm. obviously emails your email providers are available um if you're using gmail gmail now knows that emails because it's collecting all this data of course it is it knows that yeah. 80 to 90 percent of the emails sent from this sender from you go unread yeah it values them really low. So what happens? They end up at best in the promotions folder. Mm-hmm. And, what, and next, it's the spam folder. And yeah. of course, sometimes they get hit by the spam even at the server level, and you don't even get to see them. Mm-hmm. And what's terrifying is that the email marketing platforms, a lot of them will say, we have this level of deliverability. Spam folder counts as delivery. Because it right. e- it actually lands with the yeah, person. It's delivered, so, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally. has absolutely delivered. Where to? Nobody knows. It could be, yeah. you know, could be under a rock in the middle of the in the middle of the desert. But, but they delivered it. But they delivered it. The worst thing that anybody can be is happy enough with how their email marketing is. Mm-hmm. 
That's the worst thing you can yeah. do. Well, you know, it, we get this about the average open rates that everyone else is getting and about the same number of click-through rates. Who wants everyone, to be average? Like, like, no or, 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 well, no, no, no. My friend Betty, you know, she got loads of unsubscribes yesterday and I didn't get any. Like, you can't just yeah. be happy enough because you're kind of on par or slightly better than everybody else. We have to realize there are so many tiny things going on behind the scenes, like stuff yeah. that's affecting your over stuff you're doing now that will affect your delivery for the next five years you know like tiny your things. deliverability rate to the people who do count to the people who are interested is absolutely being affected by the people who don't count yeah. or not opening their emails and that is a terrifying thing that you can't reach the people who do want to buy from you do want the help you can provide yeah. them with but you're not able to reach them because of the people who are a waste of space. On a more micro level, let's imagine somebody listening to this is a, a digital marketing agency mm-hmm. and they offer you know, pay-per-click services, they offer SEO, yeah. they might do email marketing, they might do social media management. I know as a business owner, I have never, ever, ever, this is me speaking personally, I've mm-hmm. never, ever paid somebody else to do SEO because it's yeah. not really a part of the business I really care about. It's just my own thing. I know I'm leaving loads of stuff on the table. I just, it doesn't interest me. So yeah. I will never outsource SEO to anyone else. I can tell you that now. It doesn't matter how good they are at selling it. So if I sign up to a newsletter for somebody who is a digital marketing agency and they spend three weeks trying to tell me, it's sending me emails and follow-ups about SEO, I can tell you now, it doesn't matter how good that, that marketing is, I will never pay them for SEO. I do, however, outsource paid advertising like Facebook ads and Google ad network yeah. and stuff. I do outsource that. So if they were to market that stuff to me, I probably would. But if they're going to spend three weeks hitting me over the head with their SEO sequence, you know, this automated sequence that's t- or, or mm-hmm. broadcast emails about that, I'm, go- I'm probably going to unsubscribe at some point or again, just stop engaging. Just ignoring Whereas them, yeah. if they just asked me the question, which of these are you interested in? And then categorically work through the ones I said yes to, then they would know that actually I, I, I want the pay-per-click. I, but because the, thing the truth is, is, by the time they get to offering Rob the paid advertiser management, he's probably disengaged or He's not even open. Yeah, 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 totally. It's the core thing. You think, well, that's all right if you're selling to somebody, one, you know, if you're just having a one-to-one conversation with somebody. We want to people to start using surveys to do that to everybody in their audience. You can, you can do this mass personalization to everybody. It's almost like your email marketing becomes a choose-your-own-adventure story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Like when you were a kid and you could decide the endings on things. Click to page 26 if you think you turned left. Yeah, or yeah, turned yeah. Right. But yeah. do you know what? The, I think one thing that puts people off kind of sending regular surveys or asking people to survey is no one wants to bother the customer. No one wants to like, oh, I don't want to irritate them by asking them. Well, do you know what? You're going to irritate the hell out of them by sending them a load of rubbish afterwards that they didn't want to know about. So just ask them. It's really funny. The problem is what we do is when we think about service, we think about corporate service. So maybe you go and you're maybe you're a member of a loyalty scheme for some enormous corporation mm-hmm. like a supermarket or like yeah, a big yeah. hotel, hotel yeah. or something. And the way that they run service is mostly very corporate and very cold. Yeah. But because we are, I guess most people listening to this are going to be small and medium businesses, yeah, micro, yeah. small and medium businesses. We have a very different level of engagement with mm. our customers and they actually like us to care. They actually yeah. like us to show what they, that we're interested in what's going on for them. So actually it doesn't irritate them. Actually recently I was speaking at an event talking about surveys and teaching this stuff. <laughs> and so I was, I was speaking at the event and what they did was they said uh, it's a, it was a business exhibition and the organizer of the exhibition with GDPR and everything in mind, they'd asked permission that people could register to attend the different speaker seminars and mm-hmm. they could say, uh, please give my information to the speaker so that they can send me some information about what they're going to be okay. speaking about. So I get this email through from the organizers that says, here's all the people who have registered in advance for your session. Doesn't necessarily mean they'll show up. Doesn't necessarily mean they no. have to come. 
but here's the information people who've said that they're interested in your session. Drop them an email, let them know what's going on. So I took that list, I imported them into our autoresponder, typed up an email, sent, hit send, sent it out to them. I included a survey and the survey was four questions. It was, I'm going to be talking about email marketing and segmentation. Which of these is your biggest problem right now? Increasing open rates, increasing click-through rates, decreasing unsubscribe rates, et cetera. And bear in mind, my presentation is going to cover all of those things. So I yeah. said, but which one are you most interested in? Which one do I put the most emphasis on? So I sent out that survey. A bunch of people responded. It was like 40-odd percent of people filled out the survey. Awesome. And that's that. So I turned up to do the event. I did the presentation. Let's talk about the show-up thing you did beforehand. So first of all, when people fill out... This and is say massive. What, you could just use this straight away. I'm when people steal. fill out the survey and they say what they're interested in, we now can send them a follow-up sequence, a show-up sequence between their, them taking the survey and the event. Now, that could be an in-person seminar that you're hosting. It could yeah. be an in-person seminar you're speaking at. It could be a webinar that you're doing. I mean, we've done it for webinars. And it could be huge. a seleminar if you're performing in the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody fills out a survey where, you, where you've said, which of these do you need most help with right now? Which of these is your biggest obstacle right now? And you put them through a chain of emails that says, uh, I, I'm really excited to share this, this, and, and you, you just talk in those three, two, two, one, two, three emails yeah. about the thing they've said they want help with. I'm going to teach you the number one strategy that I use to get higher click-through rates. The next email. We did this. We do this all of our webinars, and our show-up rate has gone bananas. It's oh. really powerful. So I did that, and somebody, anyway, so somebody in the audience at the end of my presentation said, "Oh, I put a hand up." Said, "Does anyone? Does anyone like?" fill out surveys anymore. So I said, well, listen, there's a bunch of you in this room. Some of you will have just turned up without registering in advance. Yeah, so you yeah. wouldn't have got this. The, the people who did register in advance though, will have received a survey from me. Put your hand up if you received the survey and about, I don't know, over half of the room put their hand up. So great. Now put your other hand in the air if you filled out the survey and every one of those people put their hand up, including yeah. the lady who asked that's- whether people fill out surveys anymore, hilariously. Yeah, um, that's crazy. <laughs> It really does work. Like we just have to get over ourselves and this fear yeah. that we're going to be pestering. And it's people. like anything. Like when you send a marketing email, it's very different to what if you were sending like a corporate newsletter email, isn't it? Yeah. And the yeah. same with surveys. Like when you look, when you build a marketing survey, remember it's a marketing survey. So you can drag and drop a video into your, into yeah. the top of your survey. Awesome. So you can have like a video of you going, hey man, how are you doing? Can you fill this thing in? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Put funky graphics in it. Put GIFs in it. Put animations in it. Um, ask the questions in friendly, engaging ways. It doesn't have to yeah. be, what would one require assistance with <laughs> for coming? You don't have to do that. It could be, it could be like, Awesome. Thanks for that. Brilliant. What do you want some, what do you need to help with? Crack on filling that question below. It could be something as simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You can also take a response suite survey and embed it in your own thing. So if you've got your own page builder, whether you use click funnels or something else, basically if you've thing where somebody clicks a button and you can make a little pop-up window up here, you can put a survey in that. So you can really make the survey in a place where people already feel at home, where they already feel comfortable. You can put it on your blog, you can put it wherever you want it to be so that it's really ingrained and embedded into your business. And funnily enough, I was uh, a few podcasts ago, which would have already been aired by the time this comes out, I was talking to Bella Vasta and we were talking about um, Facebook groups and how obviously in Facebook groups, they're putting surveys at the front and they're asking key questions. So, you know, the fact that if Facebook, the giant that is Facebook, do things, you kind of go, oh, okay, you know, if you're doing that, then perhaps that's probably a smart thing to do. So, and it's literally three questions and one of them is just confirm your email address or something or you know and then the other two are kind of you're more well every group I've gone into recently is what's your number one problem right now which again is amazing from a kind of management point of view isn't it in terms of knowing that customer and because of the connected world we live in and because of 
social media being connecting, being the thing that connects us all together, that glue, is people care more about themselves than they've ever cared before. Yeah. The old marketing books, they talked about what's in it for me. These days, we put a picture up and we have to check every hour how many likes that picture had. Yeah, yeah. Because we need that. We, we have trained ourselves or we have been trained to, to require validation. Yeah. And yeah. therefore, we can see how we compare to other people. And, and, and the fundamental way of doing that is, uh, is, is by, um, is by running surveys. Yeah. Just ask so, a question. That's a really important bit. Guys, do you know what? This has been so cool. And I am now completely converted and very ashamed that I have not been surveying people. And Can we see you hang your, hang your, shed, your head. Hang your shed. This is a DIY podcast now. <laughs> and if you could do the decking out the back of my place, that would be fucking. <laughs> Head in shame or hang I am in shame. In shame. Yeah. Yours I'm impressed. You live on the fourth floor. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, guys, it has been so good. And I and I feel that with the technology available now, the system that you guys have created, plugging that into the likes of Infusionsoft or Drip or MailChimp or whatever it might be, the opportunity to not only understand your customer, but ultimately to convert into sales because the more you know about them, the more you can sell them what they need and what they want. So, do you know, this has been such a great episode. I really appreciate you coming on Talk Just About This. Obviously, I'm going to hook up everything in the show notes for you. So head over to show notes and you're going to find them and I will put all the links to everything. And thank you guys so very much. Pleasure. Our pleasure. So what did you think? Do you think this is something you can bring into your business? Do you understand it? Do you see it? Because for me, I just, like I said, geeked out over the whole thing. I love how marketing has changed over the years. I've made it very clear that I did my degree about 15, 16 years ago. I've worked in marketing that whole time. And marketing like it was then is not like it is today. The technology that's available to us, the tools, the things we can find out, the processes, the the speed in which we can do things and set up these systems and just let them run is amazing. So I love this. And also I love the fact of finding more out about your audience, not making those assumptions. Like Kennedy said, just because you've downloaded a lead magnet or downloaded something doesn't necessarily mean A, it's for you or B, you've got it for that reason. So being able to just send them a couple of questions in a survey just to get that little bit more information from them is definitely going to be something that I am working on and I am going to be doing continuously for my uh, my business. So if you are on my list, then fully expect at some point you will get asked if you would fill in just a couple of questions. And you know what? Do it because it means that I'm not going to waste your time. I am going to be sending stuff that you want to hear and see and that's going to be relevant to you. And I definitely think that every business should be looking at these type of tools and seeing how they can make them work for their business. Because even just finding one or two basic bits of information could actually make a big difference to someone going through your funnel and the potential for them to drop out at certain points. So like I said, love this episode, really like the guys, they're such good fun. And as I said in a future episode, don't know what number yet, I'm going to be telling you my experience about setting up a survey, what I did 
and how it went down and what kind of results I got. So I'm really excited to take you through that. I'm currently uh, setting up as we speak, so I can't wait to see how this works. Also, as always, I have linked up to everything in the show notes. So go to TeresaHeathWaring.com forward slash 53 and you'll find everything in there that you need. You'll find a link to these guys and you'll find a link to response suite. So do go and take a look at the system. I've really enjoyed using it so far. So it's definitely worth having a look at that one. So that's all from me this week. I hope you have a great week. Please do come and say hi to me on social media. I do love hearing from you. And I will see you this time next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 